The sermon, preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on May 31, 2015, based on Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8. The first lesson is from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voice, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. This is the word of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God, through which the Holy Spirit brings us into the presence of the Almighty, is the first lesson today, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, which you heard read earlier. Please be seated at this time. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. God created Adam and Eve in his image. They lost that image when they fell into sin. And ever since then, humanity has been trying to recreate God in our image. Think of the ancient myth that described the gods much like us. Yes, they were more powerful than mortals, but they had many of our same traits, even the lesser traits like jealousy and vengefulness. In many ways, you can almost look at our modern stories of superheroes as just a retelling of those myths, trying to bring the powerful almighty down to our level or at least a little bit closer. Or, or think of how God is portrayed in movies or on TV, when, even when they put him in a positive light. Yes, he is a little wiser, more powerful, a little better than us, but basically still a lot like us. Or, or think of how people refer to him as the man upstairs, or the big guy, or, or call him their buddy or daddy, trying to bring him down to our level. 
back in the 90s, there was a hit song by Joan Osborne that had the refrain, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us? That, dear friends, though, is not the true God. That's not the God of the Bible, our Savior God. How did God reveal himself here to Isaiah? Not like one of us but far separated from us, far different than us, so far beyond us that we can do nothing but tremble at the presence of his holiness. Through the word of God before us today, may the Holy Spirit bring us to stand alongside Isaiah and tremble at God's holiness. That's the theme to keep in mind here. Tremble at God's holiness because look at how far beyond us he is. And maybe the way to see that is, is as we look at, at the scripture here, see how far beyond the seraphim he is. The seraphim are angelic beings. Their, their, their name, seraphim, um, come, or sounds like the Hebrew word for, for burning. So pure and holy they are. And yet, even these holy, sinless angels, these high spiritual creatures, even they cannot gaze into the pure holiness of God's unadulterated light. And so with two of their wings, they hide their faces so as not to see. And they recognize their lowliness compared to the Almighty. And in their humility, they cover their feet with two of their wings so as not to be seen. And with the remaining two wings, they fly, hovering above the throne of the king, ready to serve him as they sing back and forth to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations and, and thresholds of, of the door frames of the uh, heavenly sanctuary shook at the sound of their singing as smoke filled the air, hiding the glorious majesty of the Lord's holiness. Yes, how far above the seraphim the Lord Almighty is. As far beyond them as the infinite is beyond the finite, as the creator is beyond the creature. For even these powerful, mighty angels cannot measure up in the least to the one who is omnipotent, the almighty, the one who always is and from whom all has come. And now, if he is so far beyond even these angelic seraphim, how much farther beyond us he must be. For not only are we separated from him as the creature is separated from the creator, but also that most fatal abyss separates us from him, the chasm of our sinfulness. For we are sinners. And he, he is the Holy One. How unlike him we are. 
Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, we cry out with Isaiah. What hope can there be for sinners like you and me? God is holy, and in his presence only that which is holy can endure. God is holy, and we, even our lips, are unclean. How often the words that come from our lips reveal the deep evil that corrupts our hearts and stains our inmost being. Our lips complain, revealing a heart that questions God's goodness. Our lips mutter words of anger or frustration, revealing a heart that does not love our neighbor as, our, as ourselves. Our lips speak words of envy, jealousy, revealing a heart that covets, that is not content with what God has given us. And what of uh, the gossip, the lies, the foul language, the off-color jokes that come from our lips? How often our unclean lips fail, fail to speak well of others, fail to call on the Lord in prayer, fail to give him glory. Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. That is what we are by nature. That is where we came from. That is the what we inherited from our parents, for we live among a people of unclean lips. That's what our people, our heritage, our nature is. How can we not tremble in terror at the presence of the Lord's holiness? How can we not tremble in terror and cry out with Isaiah, Woe to me, I am ruined! How can we not tremble in that sheer and utter terror? For we are sinners, and nothing that is sinful can exist or endure in the presence of God's holiness. Now, if the vision ended here, all would be hopeless. So, listen as the vision continues. All that we've had so far is, is, is the introduction. Now, in the next two verses, we come to the main point. So listen carefully. Don't choose this time to drift off or fall asleep or daydream. Pay attention. For here we now come to the main point. Here we now see what the glory of the Lord truly is that is meant to fill this earth. Here we see now that God's holiness wants to work out a totally different kind of outcome for us. We see a totally different kind of trembling worked within us by God's holiness. Pay attention to what comes here as Isaiah writes, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Yes, dear friends, no sinner can survive the presence of God's holiness, but look 
at what God's holiness has done for us. God's holiness planned to take away our sins. Yes, what amazing love. God's holiness planned to atone for sin, to pay the price for us. What grace that we do not deserve. Yes, God in his holiness demands holiness from us, demands that we be holy, and yet look at what the holy God has done for you and me. In his holiness, he has planned how to give us that holiness, freely provide for us that holiness that he requires from us. It's pictured here as that seraphim takes that burning coal from the altar and touches Isaiah's lips. Now what's burnt up on an altar? A sacrifice. And because we have the New Testament, it is no mystery to you and me what is pictured here. On the altar of the cross, God, the holy God, offered the one and only sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world. Yes, God did become one of us. In a way, Joan Osborne did have that part life right. God did become one of us, but not a slob like one of us. The holy, eternal, almighty Son of God became flesh and blood with body and soul like you and me in every way except without sin. The Father sent the Son. That's how much his holiness desired to bring you and me into his presence. Think about that. Think of how fervently, how, how earnestly the Father desired to save us, to, to bring a sinner like you and me into his presence, not to destroy us, but so that we may live with him. He so desired that that he gave up his own beloved Son with whom he shared perfect love and unity from all eternity. And the Son, Jesus Christ, willingly offered himself. The Holy Son of God gave himself up on the cross as our substitute. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the sacrifice that atones for every single sin. He is the ransom that was paid for you and me. The blood of Jesus Christ, his holy blood, purifies you from all sin. His holy blood not only cleanses our unclean lips. His holy blood washes your heart clean. And what is more, as the risen Son of God, as our risen Savior, Jesus presents you to the Father. Not as the sinner you were born to be, He presents you to the Father as His own dear bride beautifully dressed in his holiness, his righteous life without stain or blemish. And all this that the Son has done for you, the Holy Spirit has brought to you. 
Through the water and word of baptism, he washed you clean and gave you rebirth into God's family. Through the word of God in the scriptures and the sacraments, he continues, the Holy Spirit continues to work in you and to strengthen you to live a holy life so that you say no to sin and live for him who died for you. And think of what the Holy Spirit does for you in the Lord's Supper. He touches your lips, not with a burning coal, but with the body and blood of Christ, and says to you, your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. If you think of our liturgy as we prepare to come before the sup- uh, uh, to the supper, we join the seraphim in singing that song, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. How fitting as we, with Isaiah, stand there and are cleansed, purified by the sacrifice the Son made for you and me on the cross. When we consider what the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have done, when we consider what they have done to bring sinners like you and me into their holy presence, how can we not tremble? Oh, not trembling in that terror that, 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 that knows our sin has ruined us, but trembling with joy, with that overwhelming joy that, that still recognizes how high and exalted our God is, and yet trembles in that wonder and joy that he who is above all has brought a sinner like you and me into his presence by washing us clean, by taking away our sins, by atoning for our sins with nothing less than the blood of his own Son. That message of forgiveness in Christ, that is the glory of the Lord that fills this earth. That is what the Lord wants to to spread around as the glory of his name. That message of forgiveness in Christ, that we are purified, that God's holiness has made, has, has presented us as holy by taking away our sins. And that's what happens as we tremble with joy. We also say with Isaiah, Here I am, send me. Send me. For out of our lips, once unclean by sin, but now purified by the blood of Christ, out of your lips comes that glorious message that touches the lips of others with the sacrifice of Christ. That's how we glorify God. That's how we fill the earth with his glory by sharing the good news of Jesus. You can tell others how far beyond us God is and how our sin separates us from him and ruins us. Tell them that there is nothing we can do to bring ourselves into God's presence, but he in his great love planned how to bring sinners like us into the presence of his holiness. Tell how the Son, Jesus Christ, died to take away their sins and rose to bring them that good news of forgiveness. Invite them to come and hear this message so that in faith they too tremble with joy. They too glorify and fill the earth with the saving name of our triune God. Yes, tremble at the Lord's holiness. 
Maybe as we began, you thought only of that terror that our sins bring as we tremble. But no, we tremble at God's holiness with the joy that he who is beyond all things has brought us into his presence, purifying us from all sins. Tremble at his holiness. Tremble in that holy joy. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.